Thank you for joining us at First United Methodist Church of Locust Grove's Sermon Podcast. Our mission at this church is to live God's way, share God's story, and serve God's people. One of the ways that we live into this mission is that we offer our sermons for you to listen to, and we hope that one Sunday you come and join us at 1045 a.m. For more information about our church, you can go on our website at www.fumclgok.org. Thank you, and have a blessed day. We're in the changeover zone. Uh, we're in the process of receiving a new pastor come uh, June uh, 11th. And with that um, image comes this whole idea of that it's not the end in the beginning, but it's a continuing on. I think far too often when we get a new pastor, we go through this transition because, hey, that's what United Methodists do, okay? United Methodists, on average, change pastors every 3.8 years. Okay, industry average, church universal wide, it's every 3.1 years. So realize Methodists are a little bit above the bar when it comes to keeping pastors. And I know that there are churches that keep their pastors, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. But for every one of those, there's about 10 that barely keep their pastor a year. And there's reasons for that. The, the, one of the reasons why the Methodists are so out there about their pastoral changes is because we actually do it in a season. The season starts about mid-February when, when pastoral changes start to happen all the way up until June. Um, and the Methodists, we're open about our pastoral transition process. Whereas some churches, you could go one week and you'll have Pastor A, and then the next week you'll have Pastor B because they fired Pastor A in between services and hired Pastor B the next day. That's not really healthy. Methodists try to do it in a healthier way. And and we've gotten really bad about this changeover. In the Methodist Church, we've gotten really bad about passing the baton from one pastor to the next. And, and I'm wanting to be open and honest about this. That we're, I am really wanting to make sure that when Kathy stands up here in a couple weeks and receives this baton, that she takes it and runs with it with you all like I did from Cindy. You know, three years ago, I received a baton from, I didn't receive a baton from Cindy, but I did get the keys to the church. And that's kind of a way that we pass the baton. You get the keys to the church and you take it and run with it. And, and part of that changeover zone is that we don't want to drop the baton because that happens. It happens when we don't pay attention and we don't do the right things. Or as I like to say on my soccer team, if we don't do the small things right, it hurts us in the, in the whole game. You can go to the change the drop the baton slide. See, he wasn't listening. See, we could drop the baton. And it happens. It happens when you don't execute properly. It happens when we make a mistake and we start too early or we start too late and we drop the baton. That's one of the worst things you can do in a relay race outside of walking in the race. But we can prevent the baton from dropping if you all one pray for Kathy constantly and pray for me because realize as I'm giving away a baton I'm also receiving one at the same time I'm glad they don't do relay races like that that that'd actually be a fun race to watch when you think about it if they did relay races like that you take it and, and receive it at the same time I'd watch that but in the church it's it, it really is we're passing one baton and receiving another and I'm doing things that are helping me get ready for my transition uh, to Tahlequah. And, uh, you know, I've had meetings and phone conversations just like Kathy's meeting with me this week. Kathy and I are getting together on Tuesday to, to kind of talk about what it is she's coming to, at least from my perspective. And you know what I'm going to tell her? You all are great people. 
you, you are all people that make it hard to leave. And, and, and I want you to know that as we get ready to do this, it is a season of change. And, and part of that is within this change over time, you can go to the next slide. Uh, part of this change over time is that we need to do this right as a church. And I think it starts with prayer. And, and realize that in this change over time, there's going to be people that leave and people that come back. I guarantee you that that first Sunday when Kathy's here, you're going to have people here that haven't been here in a long time. It happens. It's happened in every appointment that I've ever been in. Also, another thing that happens, and this has happened in every appointment that I've ever been in, is that when the new pastor comes, some people leave. It happens. And it happens for all various reasons. Some people just need a change in their life, and they use the pastoral change as a good change. Some people are tired, and they need a break, and they take a break from church. I know that's hard to hear, but some people do that. Some people are just done and have run their race and are just can't do it anymore. But here's where all this comes into play for today's sermon in the art of forgiveness. Whether they're coming back or whether they're going, we have to love them and care for them. Because that's what Christ does first. Christ loved us first, regardless of what happened in the past. So those people that haven't been here in a while, your first response isn't, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. It's, hey, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming. What's going on? How can I help you? What's going on? How can I help you? How can I care for you as a church? And, and maybe you have some baggage with that person. What a great time in a pastoral changeover to drop that baggage and to be more Christ-like and forget the past and move on and move forward and run the race together. It's inevitable that in a changeover you'll lose people, but you'll also gain people. It happens. You'll have people that here that first Sunday that I guarantee you that didn't even show up when I was here. Uh, we'll be asking about Pastor Sydney and never knew that she never left. I just assumed that she was here. I have to admit, in my last appointment, there were people that didn't even know I was a pastor. I was being, I was on my exit day, the day I was leaving, I was, people were walking through the line, shaking my hand. I had two people tell me they didn't know I was a pastor. I didn't know if they'd take that as a badge of honor or as, I didn't do my job too well. But in this change over time, I want us to do this well. I want you all to receive Kathy in such a way that, I, that you all did me. Because she's a great person, and I know you're going to love her just as much as you have me. And yeah, she's going to do things differently, but we all do. And there'll be some things that will be different. But the thing that stays the same is you all living into the mission of living God's way, sharing God's story, and serving God's people. So I want to do what we did last week. Last week, I had you pass the baton around and pray for Kathy. I want to do that again. And so I want to, I'm going to pass it around again in the congregation, and, and you all can, can pray for her as, as you uh, pass that baton around and be thinking and praying for her and her husband as they get ready to come to Locust Grove in just a few weeks. But like I said, our, our topic today is the art of forgiveness. And Paul wrote these, these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 9, 19. Listen to these words. In other words, God was reconciling the word world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
in the book that we're, we're studying, Happy, uh, what is it and where to find it, Matt Miosky says th- this. I love this quote from him. No matter how difficult forgiveness is and how illogical it may seem at times, it is a path to our own healing of relationships and ultimately to our happiness. Remember when I said last week that there are three things that we have to work on in our relationships towards happiness. We have to work on our relationship with God. We have to work on our relationships with ourselves. And we have to work on our relationships with our neighbors. Remember that thing that God challenged us to do, to love God, to love ourselves as our neighbors, or to love our neighbors as ourselves? The challenge of that is a challenge towards happiness. And that when we can balance that, the balance of loving God and loving our neighbor and loving ourselves, and we can find happiness in attempting that. And I think it's the same thing with forgiveness, is that in forgiveness, there are times where we have to ask God for forgiveness because we've sinned. Who in here sinned this week? I mean, hopefully everybody raises their hand. I mean, it's a daily habit for me. We all do. We all need forgiveness. We all fall short of God's grace. We all fall short of living into God's way. And if we don't reconcile that with God, we will be angry. If we don't ask God for forgiveness, it does affect our bodies. It's kind of like eating a couple of extra more things out in the hall. One's not bad for you. Two or three may be a little bit worse, But if you take a whole plate and eat a whole plate, that might be a little unhealthy for you. And the only way that you can reconcile that is hit the gym. But we all need reconciliation. And sometimes our relationship between us and God is broken because we haven't asked for that forgiveness. God just has it there for us to, to receive. All we have to do is ask. And the beauty of that is, is that the moment that we ask, it's given. And well, you know what? God doesn't remember. God doesn't hold it over your head like, like maybe your mother did when you didn't clean your room. You know, you need to clean your room. You need to clean your room. You need to clean your room. I think that's something I say more in my house more than anything else. Emily, clean your room. Laura, clean your room. And then I hear it from Ashley. Matt, clean your room. <laughs> The thing is, is if we don't make that act of repentance between us and God, that relationship suffers, and we can't be happy. Because we're missing something. There's something lost, and and there's something broken. And the art of forgiveness is really simple. It's asking God for forgiveness. And then realize this, that God doesn't hold it over our heads that we've fallen short. God lets it go and and lets us try to be even better than we were before. I like what Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other, and if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. We are called to forgive. Just like in the children's moment today when Maria uh, talked about the story from, Peter, from Matthew's gospel and, and Peter goes up to Jesus, hey Jesus, how many times do we need to forgive? Peter thought that, in that story, Peter thought that it would just be one time, that's it. 
I, I forgave that person. I don't have to do it anymore. But here's the key. When Jesus says seven times 70, he's saying perfect number times perfect number. And if it was actually a mathematical, mathematical logical term at the time, Jesus probably would have said infinity times infinity. Just because you forgive one time doesn't mean you're done. It's a continual process. It's a continual ongoing life-growing thing. And sometimes we have to forgive ourselves because sometimes we have mistreated ourselves wrongly. Sometimes we haven't loved ourselves as much as we have, and we have to ask for forgiveness for ourselves. Or sometimes, and a lot of times, when relationships fail, sometimes it's our fault. And sometimes we have to ask the person that we've harmed for forgiveness and not just say, hey, I'm sorry. That, that, that's kind of a shallow way to do it. I think it's, hey, I'm sorry, I want to make this better. I want to heal the broken relationship that, that has happened because of this. And I think the, the thing about that is, is that when we do that, we have to let that go and we can't hold it over that person's head. Because far too often we'll, we'll say, oh, I forgave you. But then like five months later, hey, remember that one time you hurt me? That's not real forgiveness. Real forgiveness is really letting it go and, and moving on and moving forward. But that doesn't mean you allow them to harm you. Because far too often there's things that are said that when you say, hey, just forgive them and forget it. Well, if you forgive and forget and it's an abusive relationship, if it's causing you harm, that's not really forgiveness either. Forgiveness is moving on and moving forward and learning from that past experience. So if someone is abusing you, physically abusing you, you can forgive them. But please don't ever put yourself in that position where they will continue to harm you. Because obviously you haven't grown from that experience. And it wrecks your relationship with the other person, yourself, and God. And it disrupts the balance and thus you're not happy. One of the other things that Matt, Matt Miosky said that I really liked was, God approaches us with a posture of forgiveness always and forever. God's hands are always there, open for you for forgiveness. Our hands should be there as a reconciling and caring people. Because sometimes we're going to fall short. Nobody is perfect. Everybody in here sinned this week. We all need God's grace, and we all need that forgiveness in our lives. And when we receive that, and when we give that, it changes us. It makes us better people. But the traps that we fall into, I think the biggest trap that we fall into is that we hold it over the person that harmed us. And it may be a petty thing. It may be, well, they cut me off in traffic and I can't be their friend anymore. I'm just going to hold that over their head forever and ever and ever. It may be as simple as, well, I can't believe they brought that dish to my dinner. Th those petty things trip us up. And, and if we can't look at ourselves and say, you know, hey, we were having a high, really nice dinner and you brought a bag of potato chips, that's probably not the thing to do, but that's okay. I'm not going to, you know, I, I forgive you for that. And maybe next time, just ask them to bring ice. Don't ask them to bring a side. But if we don't learn from our mistakes, how do we grow? It's kind of like the, the thing in sports. You can't 
learn from your, you can't, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to continue doing the same things over and over again. And sin can be like those small things. Like I tell my team, if we do the, if we do the small things right, we'll do the big things well. Because those small things that get us, and when we allow those small little sins to get into our life, it eats us up and it brings us further away from God. And the thing that we need most is a strong relationship with God, ourselves, and the other. And so this week, as you think about forgiveness, I I really want you to think about who do you need to forgive? Do you need to go to God and ask for forgiveness? Do you need to forgive yourself? Maybe there's some things that you need to do. Lord, I, Lord knows I need to forgive myself. I have, not, I have fallen. I drank more soda this week than I had drank in a long time. That's not good. I was doing so good at drinking water. I mean, I really was. I was drinking about two or three cups of water a day. That's a big step for me. And maybe one cup of coffee. But this week I fell off the horse and drank a lot of soda. And I recognized that I didn't even feel, my body didn't even feel well. And so as I made that commitment to, to rethink about that, I was like, well, I got to stop drinking soda. Go back to drinking water. So I grabbed my cup and try to keep my cup with me to, to fill it up as much as possible. Because I want to be healthy. Because I've learned that, that if I have a healthy body, I, I'm a little bit happier. I have a little bit more pep in my step. That doesn't mean I'm going to go run another 5K. But what it does mean is that I'm able to do other things, like coach soccer, play softball, play some rounds of golf, although I haven't swung a golf club in over a year. hoping to get back to that here soon. But if you can't forgive yourself, you can't be happy. And sometimes we need to forgive others. Sometimes either we have caused harm or they've caused harm to us. And as Jesus has said, the more we forgive, the more we come close to God. And I think that's what he's saying to Peter. Seven times 70 isn't just that number of just, hey, I'm going to give you a number so that way when you reach that number, you have fully achieved God's greatness. It doesn't work that way. But what it means is that those people that have harmed us, that we can ask for forgiveness And sometimes the people will accept it, and sometimes they won't. But if we can't make those those steps of reconciliation, we're not living in the way that God has called us to be. We are called to be a reconciling, loving, and caring people. But that doesn't also mean that we hold over that sin over someone's head or our own. And it doesn't mean that if it's an abusive or hurting relationship that we jump back into that. It means that we grow from it. Forgiveness is an opportunity of growth. Forgiveness leads us closer to God. Forgiveness gives us new life. And if we live a life as a forgiven and reconciling people, we can truly be happy. I don't know about you, but this week I'm going to work on some forgiveness. Myself, God, and others. Because we all make some mistakes. And so I hope, and ch- I hope and pray this week that as you strive to live God's way, share God's story, and serve God's people, you ask for forgiveness wherever you need to work on. Because we all have places to work on. Nobody in here is perfect. We're moving towards perfection. 
And before we get there, there's some work that needs to be done. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to First United Methodist Church of Locust Grove Sermon. We hope that you enjoyed the message, and we hope that God works on you and works through you as you help us live into our mission of living God's way, sharing God's story, and serving God's people. We hope to see you next Sunday at 1045 a.m. And for more information about our church, you can go online at www.fumclgok.org. Thank you, and have a good day.